Oh, geez. I don't know what's going to happen. I was looking at these caucuses, but I sold my DeSantis shares and I bought a bunch of Nikki Haley shares because I thought that I was going to be riding some waves and I, I didn't want to lose my money on DeSantis and not make money on Haley. Ah, geez. Now it looks like it's neck and neck. Probably just wasted a bunch of money and I could have made it five million dollars on DeSantis and then I hate predicted and if you look at the logo it kind of looks like the devil oh my gosh Nikki Haley you have really disappointed me I put so much faith in you as a leading historian of the American Civil War thought you were really going to come through in Iowa and instead you really you really fumbled the ball Nikki she came close Doris Kearns Goodwin can sleep can sleep soundly now knowing that knowing that Nikki Haley will not usurp her as America's leading historian of the Civil War Ken Burns is probably relieved relieved he doesn't have to re-edit his entire Civil War miniseries to accommodate Nikki Haley's thesis that the Civil War was fought over freedom or whatever whatever her theory was Nikki Haley, last night was rough. That was a rough one. Iowa caucus recap. That's what this episode is about, folks. Welcome to Election Profit Makers. My name is Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider, and I'm joined online by Long John Silver. Hey, buddy. Oh, money losing season is here once again. Iowa. So did you stay up late to watch the whole thing? No. In fact, let's talk about this. Let's do a little behind the scenes action. Uh, So folks will remember that I was convinced that Nikki Haley would come in second in the Iowa caucus because of the cold weather. The Ron DeSantis voters would stay home because why bother going out to vote for Ron if if Donald Trump is going to win anyway? And sure enough, I had bought in, I think I had 100 shares of Nikki Haley at 39 cents. And I think at some point during the night, it peaked at 80, but it was a lot of wave riding. There was a lot of up and down and back and forth. And I started to have all these old feelings again from 2016. I like, I was so like, this is how fucked up it is. Like I would be so crestfallen when Nikki Haley would dip below Ron DeSantis on predicted. Like, what do I care? I don't like Nikki Haley. She's horrible. They're all horrible. What do I care? But I would have this crestfallen, uh, distressed feeling. So eventually I stopped looking at predict it. Right. I just felt like I was falling back into bad habits. And I was like, oh, I remember this feeling. This feeling sucks. Yeah. And so I went on a walk and I saw a coyote and that's what I did instead. Um, but by the end of the night, sure enough, after trading leads with DeSantis on predicted back and forth. And there were multiple times where I thought I should get out. I should sell at 70. I should sell at 80. And I would yeah, tell myself. She got all the way up to 80. Incredible. And I told myself, no, 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 just. Just have faith. Just wait till the end when you cash out at 100. So I put in a sell at 95. I assumed it would get there. When I got back from my walk, hmm. sure enough, I opened my computer and looked to predict it, and she was dipping, dipping, dipping. And so I bailed out at like back in the 30s. All in all, I took a $50, 50-some dollar bath on Nikki Haley. I'm back at it, guys. This is the content. Now you feel like you're back home. This is the warm embrace of Kid Midas losing money. God's in his heaven and all is right in the world. Kid Midas loses $50 on fucking Nikki Haley. I thought it was a sure thing. Let's get ready to lose more money and have more fun in the months ahead. For Pete's sake. Have you put more money in? I I mean, I started thinking about it last night. I couldn't get that excited because I just didn't have enough money on the line. You know, it was $80 that I was going to win. 
I had a negative risk, so I was going to win like 50 bucks either way. And then I decided to go all in on Haley at the end where I'd break even if it was DeSantis. Right. And then it was DeSantis. So I lost last night, but I didn't actually lose any money. So to make it more exciting, I think you need to put in much more money. Yeah, it's got to be a lot more money. It's just not... Put in $5,000. I don't know if I'm ready to put that... I mean, how much money did I have in at the end of uh, 2020? It was like over 10000 You had a lot of money in. Yeah. I had a lot of money. Well, we, I mean, we it was need free that money the, at that point. Well, we it need that truly, for the content. We need that. Yeah. It's just, I mean, now, it. I mean, it's Trump's going to win. There's just not as much volume. You mean he's going to win the nomination? Yeah, he's going to win the nomination. Not a surprise. Everyone knew. Everyone knew he was going to win last night. Everyone knows he's going to win the nomination. But I got to say that it was kind of, it did hit me last night. Like, uh... It's happening. It's truly we're, we're doing this. It's really we're, happening. Trump really Biden do again. It. The rematch. Yeah. Oh boy! But here's the thing, John. In spite of it all, and in spite of the many, many dollars that I continue to flush down my toilet, I think there's still a chance that Trump is not the nominee because your arch nemesis, Josh Marshall, who blocked you on Twitter because you once made fun of a photo of his son's hat. Let's never forget that. It's very important to the to the intellectual history of this podcast. Josh Marshall this morning was like Trump actually because everyone's like, oh, my God, Trump won 51 percent of the vote in Iowa. It's a foregone conclusion. He's the nominee. Why have we been pretending anything else could happen? Josh Marshall said 51 percent for who is for all intents and purposes, the incumbent. That's not that strong. Imagine if there was a Democratic primary in Iowa and Biden won with 51 percent of the vote. People would be freaking out about how there was a crisis in the party. What's going to happen? Schism within the party. But I think that's exactly what would happen. If Biden were running and there were three and a half other people running against him, that probably is what would happen. Maybe. But if the but I guess. Hmm, oh, fuck me. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I think I am right on this thing. I think all of the people that are making the point that this isn't impressive, that what Trump did. I mean, Trump crushed them. Right. He absolutely crushed him. And he's going and he's going to win. He's going to crush everywhere. All right. So let's turn our attention to the next Republican battleground. We have New Hampshire primary coming up. Can we just go back to like just historically looking at this particular caucus? I mean, yeah, there has been no blowout like this ever in the history of the caucus. So I got to give him credit. Yeah. But, John, what you have to remember is this is very unusual because I can't remember another where where a republic where a candidate loses a presidential election and then runs in the next cycle. I know. There he's in this weird space of being the incumbent but not really the incumbent. Yeah. Like there's nothing to compare it to. That's right, but I mean he looked like he was dead in, you know, early 2021 that he was completely finished. Right. Yeah, that's true. So he's kind of the comeback kid. I mean, he's he's not Bill Clinton comeback kid, but he's, you know, he's the new 2024 comeback kid. Okay, so what's going to happen in New Hampshire? We got New Hampshire coming up. It's uh it's Tuesday. It's a week from today. And independents can vote in New Hampshire, which uh potentially could give a boost to somebody like Haley. Uh DeSantis is not even in New Hampshire at this point. He's polling in single digits. And she's polling about 12 points, I think. He's polling at 
two, she's at 31, DeSantis is at six. But her thing was that she needed to finish strong in Iowa to use that to then use New Hampshire as a springboard. But she didn't. She she lost. She lost to DeSantis, who is, you know, has been getting killed from every direction by everyone. And she still couldn't beat him. Predicted says Donald Trump, 77 cents, down five. Nikki Haley up to 24. Who will win the 2024 New Hampshire Republican primary? Ron DeSantis, a penny per share, along with Tim Scott. And also condolences to John Kimball. Vivek Ramaswamy, the famous rapper, has suspended his presidential campaign after a poor showing in Iowa. So Donald Trump at 78 cents, Nikki Haley at 24 cents. You know what? I'm in YOLO mode. Let me buy 100 shares. Yes, that Nikki Haley is going to somehow win New Hampshire. I'm doing it for the content. I don't think that's a bad buy. I think there's value there at that price. Uh, I, I still don't think she's going to win. And I and even if she does win, I don't think it makes any difference. You think it'll still be um, Trump? Yeah. I mean, after this, she's got to go to South Carolina, which is her home state. Right. And Trump is going to get over 50 percent in South Carolina. She's going to get killed. In fact, here's my prediction. My prediction is she drops out before South Carolina to avoid being embarrassed. Losing the state that she used to be the governor of, you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She is the former governor of South Carolina. She is going to get her ass kicked in South Carolina. Yeah. And everywhere else after that. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess Josh Marshall is correct in saying that he could potentially not be the nominee, but only on this legal technicality. One of which, these lawsuits which is, or something. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about that? We got Judge Eileen Cannon delaying everything in the documents case, and then we got fucking Fonnie Willis doing the biggest self-own of all time by going on sexy vacations with her boyfriend who she appointed to the prosecutor's office to go after Donald Trump, even though the guy had no experience. Well, he was he had passed the bar. Yeah, but you know what I think, John? I think they should put you and me in charge. I think we'd see some changes around here if we were in charge. Uh, okay. So what do you think is going to happen with the with the Trump legal stuff? He's just going to continue to lose. Um, he's going to. Yeah. He's going to lose. I'm not. I'm not a legal guy. I'm, I just. But all of the experts seem to believe that he is going to be indicted, right, and convicted, right, and hung until dead. No, oh. no. I don't think anybody is saying that he's going to go to jail yet. Right. I just. I. I just can't believe the Republicans are doing this. It's something to consider. I'll say that they had a chance. I guess to vote for Ron DeSantis, but yeah, I got, I kind of can't. I get maybe I can see how they're doing it. They should have gone all in on Tim Scott. I would have made so much money. Fucking Tim Scott and his can-do optimism and his mysterious girlfriend and all that stuff. God, I yeah. would, I would have got. They should have so gone paid. all in on Vivek. Yeah, that's true. Vivek Ramaswamy, beloved by all. Vivek, did you see the the Iowa? They interviewed some Iowans and they had they had they had some reservations about Vivek. Why? Because of nine eleven, huh? Does oh, because of his nine eleven conspiracy theories? No, no, because of oh my what God, happened on nine eleven. Because he might and be dissonant related to one of the hijackers or something. Right, right. Oh, he's, Iowa. He's brown. I love that we're all in the same country and have to fucking work together. What a gas! What an absolute gas that is! How great. <laughs>
So that's the Iowa caucus. I lost my first money of the 2024 election cycle. Feels good to be back, but I'm going to make it up in New Hampshire. I'm going to make it up in New Hampshire because I bought 200 shares that Nikki Haley is going to win New Hampshire. How much money do you have in there I hope, right now? I hope people appreciate what we do for them, huh? How much money do you have in there? In the Iowa, in the New Hampshire market? And predict it. Oh, uh, how do I add up the total? Less than $1,000, but more than I should have. But how much total do you have in predicted? In predicted? Do I do investment plus cash? Is that how you do it? Something like that. It's like I have $850 tied up in here. You've got more money than I do in there. Yeah, come on. Come on, guys. All right, I'll put some more money. Everybody put their money in predicted. Everybody throw their money at predicted. I mean, shoot the money hose at predicted. It's happening. It's 2024. It's time. It's true. We have to remember what the goal of this podcast was from the beginning to make money. Yeah. And to have fun. Right. But mostly to make money. Right. Exactly. We spend all this time talking about fucking skylines and and the guitar pedals and and how to number the years of the earth. Yeah, that's all crap. Uh, that's all crap. Exactly right, John. Yeah. Everybody hates it. Everyone is always clamoring, get back to making money on Predicted. Fuck yeah. all this other stuff. No one gives that's a shit right. about this other stuff. That's Make right. money on Predicted. It's what They're we right. crave. Sober investment decisions like Jim Cramer. We're like the Jim Cramer of the podcast world when it comes to Predicted. Okay. Our pledge to you is send us money and we will throw it into Predicted and make more money. Okay. That's what we're here to do. The end. The end. Let's talk, John, about our one area of prediction in which we were very, very prescient, and that is in our 2023 Bad Boy of the Year Patreon Spectacular. We picked as the Bad Boy of the Year Hunter Biden, a bit of an upset, but boy, oh boy, has Hunter Biden's behavior in the past few weeks proved us right. This kid... And I'll call him a kid because he is somebody's son. So he is forever a kid in the eyes of his father. This kid showed up at a congressional hearing and sat in the front row and then walked out. This kid, the ultimate bad boy. We were so smart about this, John. I'm so happy and proud. Yeah, it did. It felt great when he did that. Marjorie Taylor Greene came in. She was going to lay into him. He was like, bye-bye. He actually said, talk to the hand. Literally, he said that? No. Oh. What if he had? It'd <laughs> be so great. Oh my God. Marjorie Taylor Green. And she showed more pictures of his um Yeah, she did. Penis, right? His penis? Yeah. Now when I see news photos of her displaying that stuff, it's blurred out. Is that the news blurring it out or is that's her blurring it out, right? She's not literally showing his uncensored cock, right? That's a good question. I don't know. It it can't be that she's truly showing. I think she's probably is. It has to be blurred out. No. She's blurring it out. You can't if get somebody away. Knows, you can't yeah, get away with that. Contact the election provident makers. Let us know because she's ha- she has it blurred out. There's I just feel what like would be the most outrageous answer. If she if she showed the actual photograph well, unblurred, that's what, that's, then that's what happened. I I there's I Listen, I've been forced over the past few years to imagine many things, John. I refuse to imagine that. I absolutely refuse. I just think that's okay. too much, Maybe even, right. even for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Can I tell you something? Please. I got the best and worst Christmas present ever the other day. What was it? From your brother. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he gotcha. He called me about that. Yeah, let's see it. Let me see it. Look at this thing. <laughs> so, it is a it's a water bottle. Oh, he's zinged you, Johnny. He's and I don't know you. if it holds two gallons or what, but it holds it's got like a little a small amount of water. <laughs> it says seven a.m. Rise and shine, and then you drink a little bit more. At Nine a.m. Let's get started. Then you drink a little bit more. 11 a.m., remember your goal. I mean, it goes all the way in till 9 p.m. It's like all in a day's work. You've finished your water. My brother is texted me and said, what's John's address? Because I'm going to send him the biggest water bottle I've ever seen. And it has like motivational messages on the side of it. Yeah. I wonder if this is like a gag gift or if people actually carry this around seriously. But I'm telling you right now, I have not slept since I got this water bottle because I decided, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to see <gasps> if it's possible. You're really going to drink all that water? Yeah. And I am. I am. For four days now, I have finished the water and I'm up all night long. Because you're peeing. Going to the bathroom. So you, it, it's, your, so your it's experience re- with water is like meth addicts experience with meth where you lose sleep over it. But everybody, if people are drinking this much water, there's no way that they're not going to the bathroom all night. So let them go to the bathroom all night. It's just not worth the sleep. And I'm not noticing anything. I don't really feel any better. My skin you look doesn't good. Your look... skin looks good. Okay. Well, it, thanks. It looks Maybe. smoother. It looks like um, wetter. You look wetter. And your hair and your hair and your hair looks good. And you're smiling and laughing. You see that? Okay. You love it. So you maybe it. it yeah, maybe it is. But I'm not sleeping great. But I am drinking it. So between the water bottle that my brother got you for Christmas and between all those books about water that I bought you last year for your birthday, you right. are truly becoming like a hydro homie. You are really getting into it. <laughs> yeah, this week. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want? Your birthday's coming up. Why don't you tell your li- our listeners what you want for your birthday? It has to be related to water. Do you want no, like a- I don't want anything for my birthday. What about one of those big um, water coolers that you put in your home and then they monthly deliver like a huge, massive tub oh, of God. water and yeah, then you have to flip it, o- lift it up and flip it over and put it yeah. on the, on the uh, dispenser? I used to have to do that at temp shops. I mean, how do you people carry this around? It's so big. It really is massive. Put it all in frame. You can't even fit it all in frame. Okay. Oh. What And it's like colored. Yeah. And it's not straight water that I'm drinking. There's no way I could handle that. So I put a little Propel in there. So it's got a little What's that? flavor. It's like, you know, Gatorade. Oh, okay. Is it like a powder you put in it? Yeah. Yeah. You really don't feel any different even with all this super hydration? Uh, not yet. Maybe I will. You have to do it for a couple a couple years. I, I will tell you, it is nice to, in the middle of the night, <clears throat> not, not going to the bathroom all night. Right. But to wake up and be a little thirsty and, and to be reach, able to just yeah. lean, lean over and just bite on that straw, it's just kind of, yeah. that's kind of nice. Wait, hold on. Did you mean, do you mean to tell me that you never used to have a, like what? No You never way. had water by your bed? Are no. you fucking crazy? Absolutely not. No way. You would way. get up and go downstairs and have a glass of water and then- Oh, I'm get... not getting up to go downstairs. You would just lie in bed suffering dried out. Are you fucking oh, I'm, crazy? I'm going, you I'm never asleep. had a glass of water by your bedside table? I'm asleep. I wake up. I turn over. Now I wake up and go, mm, maybe I'll have a little drink. Yeah, it's like a midnight treat. It's the best. Yeah, I got to admit, it is kind of nice, but it's it, it's it's not necessary in any oh, way. Oh my God. It's not necessary. I truly never even considered, despite all of your- My sister's the same way. I, she's she's like, no. 
I never considered you, in spite of your hatred of water and water bottles and how these clanking water bottles of these teenagers are always denting your bumpers and breaking your windshields, Mm -hmm. I never for a moment considered you wouldn't have a glass of water by your bedside table. That's like like having indoor plumbing. It's just like a sign of being a part of the modern world. Yeah. Well, when you have cats and dogs and kids. What? That stuff gets knocked over. But that's not the reason why. I just don't. I don't need it. It's unnecessary. All of this is unnecessary. (laughs) It's like we're going to the store for five minutes and the kids are like, I got to get my water. Okay. All right. I'm like, if we have. All right. Okay. It's like fucking Dennis Leary complaining about fancy coffees back in the 90s. Remember that? Remember when all the comedians, you know, this, when people complain about like Ricky Gervais and all these guys talking about cancel culture and just, oh, but you know what? Hold on a second. Yeah. Hello? Okay. I'll buzz you in. I'll be right back. I think these are my new pants. All right. I will say that I am starting to see a lot of um, comedians and things like that that are coming out in our anti-water now. So I just want to say that I've been anti-water for way longer than any of these people. And I'm not doing it to try to be a curmudgeon. Or because I don't like the kids. I just don't like water. Sorry, guys. That was my new pants. Bought some new blue jeans on the internet. Yeah? Yeah. Where'd right. you buy them from? Uh, Levi's.com. I went on New York Times and said, what's the best pair of blue jeans? And then I bought the third best pair of blue jeans because they weren't super expensive. So, yeah. The next time you see me, I'm going to be looking good. I don't wear Levi's. Why not? It's the best brand I'm of blue boycotting jeans. boycotting them. Why? what they because do? Because they sued me. <clears throat> because I, I owned 501.com. Uh-huh. And they sued me in Southern District of California. I'm going to buy so many pairs of Levi's jeans now. I'm absolutely on the side of Levi's on this one. What were you thinking buying 501.com? You it's know that's a number. Their... It's a number. It's, a, it's the most recognizable number in fashion. The Levi's 501. You, well, can't tell had, me, you can't tell me you didn't buy 501.com smirking to yourself about how pissed I off I did not. Levi's. I had 501.com. I had 201.com. It just literally, it were do- domains that got deleted and I grabbed it just like any three character domain name. But this was a, you know, there's only a thousand three character, mm-hmm. uh, three numbers in the world. What year did they sue you? I don't know. It was the early 2000s, but it was going to cost me like tens of thousands of dollars to defend it. So I just gave up. What'd you do? You turned it over to them? Yeah. Yeah. Go to 501.com right now. I'm going right now. It might be where I bought my jeans. It redirects to Levi's. Oh my God, John. And I would have won. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Look at that. I would have won because I wasn't, I didn't have a webpage up that was like selling jeans or anything. You just loved it for the number itself, 501. Maybe it made you think of 15501, the bypass that runs through Chapel yeah, Hill. Yeah, maybe it made me think of a million 501. A million different 501s. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'll, I will think. You don't have to. It doesn't matter. Well, I want I'm not going to give you a rough time about it like you give me a rough time for being on Twitter. Well, Because I mean, none of it matters. Mm, being on Twitter, I think, is still really bad. Okay. What's the latest with Twitter? Let's talk about um, your hero, Elon Musk. 
What's he been up to on Twitter? Well, How's Twitter he's doing? always making big predictions. Uh-huh. His big prediction was that um, Vivek was going to do extremely well uh, in Iowa. And the, his reasoning was that he had heard that Vivek had talked to all of these people. And he said that people underestimate the power of hard work. And so <laughs> that, that is why Vivek was going to win. And he won. Uh, <laughs> What's Vivek going to do next? Start a podcast? No, I mean, I guess he's he going to probably, he's going to hope that Trump wins, which Trump's got a decent chance of winning. And then Vivek gets a cabinet position or something? Yeah. He'll be secretary of rapping. A zing, a zing, zing. I like uh, it. Yeah. Vivek. I, I mean, that guy, what a fraud. Hey, now, come I on I like now. Trump more than I like Vivek. You can't be serious. Vivek is such a phony. He's such – he's so fake. He's such a con man and just like a obvious con man. God, none of these phrases could apply to Donald Trump. Well, they, they do. But a fake, some... phony, obvious con man? You must be talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, not Donald J. Trump, the famous businessman. I don't like him. Do we want to talk about these Jewish tunnels? These fucking tunnels? Oh, my God. And then there was an article today in the New York Times about the extent of the Gaza tunnels. Did you look at that? They were building one tunnel beneath Gaza. They found four. The, the uh, IDF says there's 450 miles of tunnels in Gaza. You can drive cars in these fucking things. It's like the Hyperloop. It's like it's like Hamas. <laughs> it's like Hamas did what Elon Musk couldn't do, which is build an underground tunnel that works. <laughs> 450 miles. Wow. Yeah. There are so many tunnels under there. There are tunnels everywhere, I realize. Like, if these, if, who, who, who drew, who did these tunnels in New York? So, Sorry. everybody, so in Crown Heights, which has a huge Jewish population, there were some young members of the Lubavitcher sect who were building tunnels in one of the properties on Eastern Parkway, 770 Eastern Parkway. Eastern Parkway, if you've never been to Crown Heights, the Grand Boulevard that runs down Crown Heights, I think it's like six lanes. It's divided. There's a median right, and everything. Right, it's great. Right. There's like a, but you can bike along the median. It's really cool. So this building, which they call 770 because its address is 770 Eastern, Eastern Parkway. Parkway. These kids came over. I guess what happened was these kids came over from Israel and started building a tunnel. And then some poor dude who was living in the neighborhood was like, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but I hear people speaking Yiddish under no, my that got, that got debunked. Oh, no, that, it is. That got okay. debunked. But people – there were people who complained about weird noises. That yes, part is okay. true. Okay. Well, whether people heard it or not, they did. They, they started digging a tunnel to expand – Right. It wasn't really a tunnel. The point of it was not to build a tunnel like a secret passageway. The point right. was it, to build a second like hall for people right. to- It was to expand worse, the basement. Yeah. Right. They're building a super basement. So it got me thinking. I did not think – like I know I can expand the tunnel, the, the basement. I don't have a basement, but if I had a basement and I wanted to like expand it out here, I could do that to, to a certain point. To maybe I'll hit my neighbor after, you know, a hundred yards or whatever. Right. You'll run into your neighbor's foundation or something. Right. But I didn't know that you could do that in New York City. I just assumed that every square inch of New York City up to like a half a mile down is just filled with solid infra. Right? Yeah. Right. But apparently it's not because they you just push out. I want to mention a third tunnel because because this is the sea this might be the year of tunnels. 
also on TikTok, did you ever see Tunnel Girl on TikTok? Any TikTok users know what I mean when I say Kayla, the Tunnel Girl? She was this woman who called herself an engineer. It turns out she was a software engineer. She was building a massive tunnel under her house. And she was teaching herself welding and teaching herself excavation and teaching herself air filtration. She was doing this huge DIY project of building and she would and she's a very unique person because she would do all of this while wearing modest old school dresses and pearl necklaces and bright red lipstick. And she kind of had a dead eyed stare. I will not diagnose her from a distance, but many people on TikTok have. She was doing all this stuff. She said she was doing it by herself. The assumption was that she lived in the middle of nowhere and was just having fun. And this was a, and she was an avatar of the can-do spirit and self-improvement, self-education. She was successfully building a fully um, supported tunnel system. To what end? Nobody knew. Then somebody did some digging. TikTok is the fucking greatest. Okay. Someone did some digging and realized she was actually in the middle of a kind of dense suburban neighborhood. She was a hardcore MAGA woman and she was surrounded by immigrants, people who might not be comfortable speaking up about the white lady in town building a huge underground tunnel that was compromising all of their safety. This is in Virginia, in a in a county or a town in Virginia that is actually really strict about permitting and zoning and lice and getting stuff like Northern Virginia outside DC or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's been shut down. Now, TikTok is divided into two factions. I mean, this happens across all of social media during a controversy. The Kayla defenders who are like, why don't people just let her have fun? She says she's doing a good job. She's an engineer. Look at all the, look at all the bracing and structures. She's wearing a gas mask. She knows what she's doing. And then other people are like, I'm a structural engineer. I've been waiting for this day. Who the fuck thinks it's okay to teach yourself how to build a tunnel under your own home in the suburbs and not get permits and not tell your neighbors what you're doing? Hmm. So this is really going to be the year of tunnels. We have the Hamas tunnels. They're still in the lead. Most tunnels, most significant tunnels, most fiendish tunnels. And then we have the these Lubavitcher kids who came over from Israel to start digging around in Crown Heights. Mm-hmm. And then we have Kayla. And she's been shut down. And the, and, the, and the kids from Israel have also been shut down. I think they're filling in that whole thing with concrete, right? That's what they tried to do, but they stopped them. Right. There uh, was like a full-on melee. Yeah. Oh, my God. New York City. John, sometimes I can't tell if I'm reading the day's news or if I'm reading a comic book that features a lot of crazy activities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? That looked pretty good on a bumper sticker. <laughs> my New Year's resolution is to come up with a thousand bumper sticker ideas in 2024. I don't think bumper stickers are a thing anymore. I know. It kind of sucks. You never see cool bumper stickers anymore. Yeah. What happened? What happened? I had a bumper sticker on my car in college that said, don't mess with Texas. It's pretty normal. Why did you have that? Because I'd gone to Texas. And then and then I had another one that said, my pet vacations at Pet Manor Boarding Kennel. Hmm. Was that a real business? Yeah. And then another one that said Duke's number one, parentheses, in geeks. It's kind of <clears> edgy. Brutal. That's that's a brutal bumper sticker. Uh, How many people do you think dropped out of Duke after seeing that bumper sticker? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're like, we are actually having an admissions crisis. We're having to admit 200% of applicants because there's this new bumper sticker just came out and it's cut us to the quick. Mm-hmm. Duke is in crisis because of John John Kimball's bumper sticker. And then I had an Enron Halliburton. 
Oh, oh my god. That for was like a, a, like a fake election bumper sticker yeah. for the two yeah. I got a lot of compliments for that. It was that was pretty funny, but oh, I would never I that fucking bumper it, today sticker. Have a any type of political bumper sticker on my car. You wouldn't? Never. Too dangerous. This is a great question. Let's ask the listeners this. Has anyone ever gone out on a limb with a political bumper sticker and had an actual interaction with somebody else because of it? Uh, write us and let us know. I would never be brave enough to put my thoughts on my bumper, I don't think, in sticker form. Like, have you ever had like a real like free Palestine bumper sticker or fuck Donald Trump bumper sticker or Genocide, Genocide Joe, Joe Genocide Joe bumper sticker or yeah. something like that where it's actually led to an actual altercation. I would love to hear that story. Bumper sticker stories. That's our new series we're going to start. The bumper sticker diary. The bumper sticker diaries. Write us in if you've ever had a bumper sticker diary. Mm. That's mm. a good question. Thanks. Yeah, I think yeah. as I've gotten older and maybe just as I it feels like the the country has gotten more divided. I just have felt way less comfortable doing that. And also with guns, it's just like someone might come up and fucking shoot you. That's right. I yeah. don't I don't want to I wouldn't even put a UNC sticker on my car. Cuz some maniac from another school might right shoot your tire or key you or something. Yeah. Yeah, man, this country kind of sucks right now. Can I say that? Here's how I feel about America. Can I say that? Can you put that on a bumper sticker? Put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's turn our attention to something that'll make us feel happy. Listener questions, okay? All right. Listener questions, listener feedback, listener statements, listener desires, listener dreams. Let's do it, Johnny. All right. Natalia. Hold on. Before we get to Natalia and whatever the hell she wants to talk about, let's thank everybody for correcting my misstatements about our beloved solar system. I thought solar system was a generic term for our star system. It turns out solar means it's named after Sol, who's our sun. What in the world is going on? Dude, I thought the same thing. What in the world is going on? I thought it was completely generic. So it turns out solar system is copyright. Trademarked. It's trademarked. Yeah, exactly. It's not generic. Star system is what's generic. Solar system is our one and only solar system. Pretty cool. <laughs> Moving on. Natalia writes in, David and John, I was just reminded of this when you were discussing counting ages, years, whatnot. Last year, Korea changed from their own system of counting ages. Originally, babies were one year old the day they were born. Hell yes. Last year, they changed to the Western system to make it more standardized. So people's ages changed. Listen to the numbers indeed. Just thought y'all might find it interesting. Anyway, thanks for everything and go heels. I had yes, no idea heels. about that. Korea, that's such a major culture. How did we not know that for many years, your first birthday, they would call it your second birthday? How? Yeah. I mean- I think they do that with names too. Your first name is your second name. Right. Mm, yeah. Good point. Good point. The no, world- probably not. The world still has a few mysteries that we haven't cracked yet, John, but we'll crack them all eventually. Yeah. So you were saying last week that Y2K started on 2001 or that the 21st century started on 2001. That's right, because the first year was one. Oh, right. Okay. Hold on. So I... see, I was right about that. 
I think somebody wrote somebody wrote us about that, I think. I can't find that email. Thanks to whoever wrote us about that. How about that? Is that good? Let's just do a blanket gratitude acknowledgement to everyone who wrote in, wrote in about how years are numbered. Right. Okay. So this year is 2024. That's right. That means it's the two, but that means that we're actually beginning the 2025th year of human existence. Because when you turn 21, no. you're actually beginning your 22nd year. That's right. But think when about you are it. Born, no, but when you're born, your your age is zero. But the first year was not zero. So you're saying that we can't think of calendar years as sort of Earth's birthdays. Is that what you're saying? Or history's birthdays? Yes. Also, let's not let's not dismiss the role that religion and Christianity have in our Western calendar system. Ho 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 ho! How do you like that? Yeah. Let's not dismiss that out of hand. Who who was dismissing it? I'm sure somebody listening was dismissing it. I'm sure they're fucking no, pissed I mean, right it's now. It's one of the great things that um, Christians did, I guess. <laughs> John, why don't you list the top ten great things that Christians did? I would love to hear this list. Uh, they got they got the calendar right. Okay, they, they got it right. They were the first religion to get they, the calendar right. <laughs> they invented algebra. Mm-hmm. No, I think that was the Egyptians. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What else you got? That's pretty much. That's it. I think the calendar is a big one. Okay. We'll take it. Hey, man, we'll take what we can get. Our Christian faith is under attack. We have to rally around whatever can make us proud. Isn't that right? We'll be warriors for Christ. What if our po- right. what if our podcast turned into like a warriors for? Is that a good way to make money to like do fitness and motivation and call yourself a warrior for Christ and yes and get a, like a lot of affiliate links and stuff? Probably, yeah. Right. I think muscular yeah. Christians can make a lot of money in this culture. I think they still can. They still can. The more things change, the more they stay the same. All right, Kenny. Let's 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 deal with Kenny's letter. Kenny writes in while Chomsky was a guest on Buckley's PBS show, Firing Line, back in the day. I think the debate David is referring to was actually between Buckley and Gore Vidal at the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago. Vidal famously goaded Buckley until Buckley viciously called him a queer and threatened to punch him. Right. So Kenny is writing in about... So we went on a little... We went. We, we were really... Um traipsing down memory lane last week, not only in our discussions of 90s airport bestsellers, such as, I guess they weren't 90s, early 20th, first century airport bestsellers, such as Lies and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them, What's the Matter with Kansas, and On Bullshit, along with Don't Think of an Elephant, Too Late, You Just Did. Then our attention turned to the astonishing fact that beloved linguist and left-wing public intellectual Noam Chomsky was offering his services via the online teaching thing called Masterclass. And we'll get to the Masterclass um, memoirs in just a moment. In the course of that conversation, listeners, you'll recall that I mentioned that Buckley and Chomsky once engaged in a debate that ended with Buckley threatening to beat up Noam Chomsky. Now, listener Kenny is correct that, well, this is interesting, John, and this, this this will teach us something about the art of political compromise. Kenny is correct, and yet also I am correct, because Although Buckley did threaten or make reference to beating up Noam Chomsky when Chomsky was a guest on Buckley's TV show Firing Line, he was doing, he was, he, I went back and I reviewed all the footage. I watched the Buckley Vidal argument and then I watched the Buckley Chomsky argument. 
Buckley did make reference to punching Chomsky in the face, but he did it, most people think, in a in a joking manner, referencing the infamous moment he had had with Vidal on TV during the 68 Democratic Convention. Gore Vidal called Buckley a Nazi and and kept calling him a Nazi, <laughs> kept calling him a Nazi. And then Buckley told him to shut up because he was a queer because Gore Vidal was was gay. And then he said, I'll, he said, I'll knock you on your ass and you'll stay plastered. He said some weird phrase. Like the thing about William F. Buckley is he couldn't say anything normally. He had to say everything just like a little weird and and kind of fucked up and ostentatious. You know, yeah. Yeah. that was the secret to his success. Standing athwart history yelling, stop. What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> right? Yeah. Talking about going to Yale and everyone is too left wing or something. I'm going to knock you over and you're going to stay plastered. Like what? I'm not a ceiling. <laughs> Zing. Okay. Because of pl- yeah, plaster on the ceiling, but the plaster's on walls too. I'm not a wall. Or I'm not drunk. Oh, oh, right. Plastered. Yeah, you're right. It's a euphemism for intoxication. Was it? But that is that, was that what he was saying? Who knows what he was saying? All I know is yeah. he, that guy is not aging well. None of it does usually. So, Kenny, you're right. The famous, the, the famous argument where Buckley threatens to punch somebody in the face is his argument with Gore Vidal. He did bring the line out of retirement to put Chomsky on edge during Chomsky's, I think, first appearance on Firing Line when they were going to debate Vietnam because uh, Buckley was in favor of that wonderful um, war that we fought. And Chomsky, of course, was was opposed to that war. So that, my friends, is that. The Vietnam War, the 1968 Democratic Convention. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went well. All right. Let's make a quick prediction here, John. It's not bingo cards per se, but do you think there's a chance that the 2024 Republican Convention could be, let's use the word, crazier than the 68 Democratic Convention? Uh, No. Really? Okay. Yeah. No chance of that. Let me take the other side of that wager. I'm going to say there is a chance that the 2024 Republican convention could be crazier than the 68 Democratic convention, because let's say the night before Trump is arrested and thrown into the into the into the iron tower of um, prison. The Huskow. He is locked away and there is a delicate fight on the floor where people insist that they should nominate somebody other than Trump or else he will lose in the general election. And the rest, my friends, it's it's at uh, fisticuff time. Here's why I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to be in a place like Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in Tampa <laughs> or Charlotte. Have they not announced where it's going to be? And Let me look. So it's going to be in Milwaukee. It's absolutely going to be in a place oh like Chicago. Oh my God, you're right. It's totally going to happen. It's like the closest place to you're Chicago right. that's not Chicago. Oh my God. Milwaukee is going to be turnt. <laughs> and everybody's going to be drunk. Sorry, that's a stereotype of Milwaukeeans. Are they Milwaukeeites? Milwaukeeans. Milwaukeeans. No, I don't think that's right. These boots are made for Milwaukee. And that's just what they'll do. That's a, that'll be their. Um... Where oh, is God, the so Democratic? God, we should know that stuff, man. 
I should know that it was in Milwaukee. I'm too tired to know anything. That's going to be my new attitude. Nobody can blame me for not knowing anything because I'm just too tired to know anything. I think it's more likely that there's going to be violence at the DNC. Because of Israel-Palestine? Yeah. I think it'll be done by then. I think that whole issue will be totally resolved (laughs) by then. (laughs) Okay. Brad in the Netherlands writes in, I wanted to follow up about uniform numbers since John mentioned that he couldn't think of any athletes that wear the number 51. It's one of the most important numbers in Seattle sports since the Mariners star pitcher Randy the Big Unit Johnson wore it, followed quickly by star Japanese right fielder Ichiro Suzuki. The team only retired 51 for Ichiro, but not Randy, which strikes me as a bit mean. Looking to pro basketball, not many NBA greats have worn number 51, which is a bit surprising since it's a since it's a number where both digits are five or less, which is use which oh my god. I don't Which is useful for officials. You know that's what because we have five fingers on Yep, I love that. That is a great yeah. numbers fact. John, I'm ta- I'm tagging you in. I'm passing the baton. You finish this fucking this guy's writing about uniform numbers. Oh my god. Yeah, and in and, and every single Pro oh. basketball player or pro athlete has got a difficult to pronounce name. Yeah, looking at him. Where are we? <laughs> Let's Both do. Digits you know what? Let's do this. We've never done this. Brad in the Netherlands. Thank you very much for your correspondence. We are not going to finish reading this. It's too many athletes' names that I don't know how to pronounce. But he mentions John Wick. All right, that's a hard pass for me. I, we're not going to talk about John Wick on this fucking podcast. All right, thanks. Let every other podcast Brad on earth talk about those fucking movies. Okay. Thank you to Brad in the Netherlands. Keep listening. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now to the <laughs> – are we going to get in trouble for doing that? Doing what? That's bad. Starting to read a letter and then just bailing out. And I'm, I'm going to keep that in. That's like real behind-the-scenes stuff. Wait, I don't think we've ever done that before. We have, I'm, I'm certain we've never done that before. But you know I'm what? I'm sorry. 2024 is uh, a new year and there's a new attitude. And that attitude is we can do what we want. We're, just, we're done playing um, – by the rules of society and by the rules of podcasting. Okay. You know what? We'll do an ad without getting paid. Hey, y'all better help um, chat with the robot about um, your depression. It's a great service. And uh, I think you get put on mailing lists and then they send you free pills. So check out betterhelp.com. It's a good online therapy thing. Everyone deserves to be <laughs> happy and fulfilled. And we did that for free because we believe in the product. Okay. Yeah. We're bra- That's two rules we've broken. No more rule breaking. Now we're going to follow the rules. All right. Thanks, everybody, who wrote in about taking a masterclass. I solicited testimonials from listeners who have taken masterclass because we were trying to wonder, we were wondering if we should sign up for the Noam Chomsky masterclass. We're just going to read one dispatch. This is from listener Steve. I fell into a masterclass trap a few years ago when I saw that David Lynch had a class teaching filmmaking and creativity. I thought this would be one heck of a great way to kickstart my lockdown pandemic ass into doing something. Can't lose on this one, I thought. And then I checked the price. It's wildly expensive and billed once per year. So my dreams were crushed. I resorted back to my synthesizers and other noise stuff, making music, which was great. I picked up my old camera, began walking through Prospect Park every morning and treating creativity like it was my job. I even recorded an EP live to my two-track reel-to-reel. Holy crap, I was kicking ass, Steven Sists. I loved being unemployed for the first time in 20 years or whatever. Steve, I have to say... I think David Lynch would be very proud of you for how you handled this this uh, moment in history. You sounds like you were very creative. Okay. Steve continues. Then I checked my email. Masterclass was having a buy one, get two account sale. 
My mother's birthday was coming up, and they had a new urban gardening class with Ron Finley. What a gift. I'll use some of this weird pandemic payment money to be a nice son and sign my mom and me both up for master class. She was very happy with this and loved the class. The David Lynch class was cool, but it was basically a video version of his book, Catching the Big Fish. John, that's a book about how to be creative written by David Lynch, who was very into transcendental meditation, in case you don't know. Mm-hmm. Steve said it was fun, but it was nothing too illuminating. Here's what I messed up, Steve concludes. I made both of us a new email address to start this account, this masterclass account. I obviously never checked it because, like, why did I do that? Yeah, why did you do that? Time and space was like a damn roller coaster on fire that year. I think he's referring to the pandemic year. Before I knew it, I was billed for a second year of masterclass. Long story short, this happened twice. Ugh. This means I believe I've paid something like $500 for some pretty subpar classes that are mostly people telling you how good they are at something. It sucks. I'm an idiot. Okay. We misunderstood how Masterclass works because other listeners told us that you sign up, you have an annual subscription, and that gives you access to all the classes. Okay? Oh, okay. You don't sign up a la carte. Like It's not like signing up in college where it's like, ooh, I want to take Renaissance poetry with. Right. It's like cable. Yeah, it's kind of like cable. And then I think once you're in, then you can watch all these people, David Lynch on creativity, Noam Chomsky on decoding the media or structures of power or the uh, you know the appreciation of Woody Allen, the great artist or whatever. And then you have all these other famous people teaching their classes. So I think once you're through the door, then you can learn from all of the world's great teachers. I think having read a lot of these um, – Having read a lot of the um, testimonials from listeners, I'm not going to sign up for Masterclass. What do you think, John? Uh, yeah, that's fine. I was never going to sign up for it. Monica writes in. She, she writes, listening to the latest episode last night, your reading of that Skyline poem and subsequent discussion immediately brought to mind the below written by James Merrill, who I claim is my favorite poet. This is less about the Skyline and more about communication but I think it conjures a lovely image. Would you like to read this, David? No, you do it. Serenade by James Merrill. This appeared in The New Yorker, 1986. Here's your letter, the old portable, pecked out so passionately as to crack. The larynx, I too dream of times we'll share. Across the river, mutual life. Flush of a skyline, owning up to past. Decorum, present in satiety. Let corporate proceedings one by one be abstracted to mauve onion skin. Lit stories rippling upside down in thought. Be stilled alike of drift and personnel. Then, only then, the lyric eyelessness. At nightfall, banked upon renew. Today's unfolder, whose lips part, heard now in his original setting voice and reads, as music for a god, your page asks to be held so that the lamp shines through. And stars appear instead of periods. Boom. Very, very nicely read, John. Yeah, thanks. Phil writes in, 
John's experiences with high winds and possible tornadoes reminded me of my own harrowing weather experience in the North Carolina Triangle. I was a sophomore at NC State University in Raleigh studying to become a journalist. I lived in Lee Dormitory, a massive brick store. Wow. I don't want to read this one either. All right. Yes, I want to read that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought we were going to get away with canceling two listener emails live no, on no, the air. No, no, this one we're going to read. Okay, I'll start over. Phil, I apologize. Let's take it again. John's experiences with high winds and possible tornadoes reminded me of my own harrowing weather experience in North Carolina Triangle. I was a sophomore at NC State University in Raleigh studying to become a journalist. I lived in Lee Dormitory, a massive brick structure that could withstand any weather event. On September 5th, 1996, Hurricane Fran hit the North Carolina coast. It was you don't a, have to tell me, brother. Uh, now I understand exactly why you want me to read this. It was a Category 3 hurricane. Yeah. But <laughs> by the time it hit Raleigh, it was downgraded to either a Category 1 hurricane or a tropical storm. Gusts around 70 miles per hour. Actually, the, the, the highest gust recorded at uh, RDU Airport was 61 miles per hour. But then it looked like the wind gauge failed. So Okay. Amid this storm, around 3 in the morning, the fire alarm in Lee Dorm went off. I've always followed rules, and so I, in a decision that confuses me to this day, left the safety of my room and stood outside, along with scores of other students, in the middle of our hurricane. Okay, this is a good letter. We... <laughs> We braced ourselves against the winds and shouted complaints to each other for about 20 minutes until the fire alarm stopped. There was, of course, no fire. I spent the next day reporting on the hurricane for the campus newspaper, which is strangely named Technician. I worked many hours and was told by administrators that the fire alarm system was old and likely triggered by debris in the air. I produced a detailed story about the storm and all of the cleanup efforts. I was very proud of it. My news editor, however, did not take his work as seriously as I did, so my somber story ran under this headline, Fran Rocks Raleigh Like a Hurricane. John, you were desperate to have that correspondence read on our podcast. Tell me now what you make of it. I love it. So... I am wondering, I'd like to know what floor he was on, and that would tell me a little bit more about his experience and about how dangerous it was. You know, the higher up he would have been in this building, it's a nine-story building, I looked it up. Lee Dorm in NC State, you mean? That's right. So it's a, it's, a, it's a relatively tall building. There would be less likelihood of being hit by debris that was flying around at the higher up, but the wind would be a lot higher. So the wind gust that was recorded at RDU at 61 miles per hour and all wind gusts that you read on the, you know these official National Weather Service um, locations are all recorded at 10 meters above ground. Oh, there's so, a standard height for recording wind speed? That's right. I so no if you idea. are standing right at ground level, it's it may be anywhere from 50 to 70% less than what's being recorded there at the airport just because of the friction of the earth. On the other hand- Name a better podcast than this podcast. I triple dog dare you. It can't be done. Speak on it, John. So it's called wind gradient and it changes God depending damn. on uh, I'm where telling you, you 2024 are. is our year. Sorry, keep interrupting. So if he was up on the ninth floor, he was definitely experiencing hurricane force winds. Because it is Whoa. a lot windier the higher up you go. Got it. All right. Speaking of hurricane force winds, you remember we had this weather last week and we were worried 
that I was going to lose power and everything. Yeah, we thought you might be in a tornado or something. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Well, we did briefly lose power shortly oh. after um, we we stopped recording. And the highest wind gust recorded at RDU on that day was 69 miles per hour. So Holy besting shit. Hurricane Fran of September But the damage 5th. was nothing like Hurricane Fran. No, the damage was nothing like Hurricane Fran. Well, on that, we can all agree to that that's a good thing. Yeah, not, it's not as exciting, but it is a good thing. Yeah, I'm sorry you weren't able to be part of history by witnessing destruction around in your neighborhood. I know how disappointing that was to you as a, as a, fan, of, as a fan of history. Yes. We'll, we'll pray that someday you will be lucky enough to live through a devastating tsunami, storm, hurricane, typhoon, or some other Earthquake, weather hopefully. volcano. Oh, what if you got to witness North Carolina's first volcano eruption? How happy mm. would you be? You would go to your fiery death with a smile on your face. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have volcanoes though. Yeah, but what if we did? We did many years ago. I know, but that was like when you say many, I think you mean millions of years ago. Yes, yes. Yeah. Back when dinosaurs ruled the ruled the earth? Maybe even before then. I don't know. Not sure. My theory has always been that children are fascinated with dinosaurs because no one has seen a dinosaur and yet adults agree to believe in dinosaurs. I think it's very doubt, very validating for kids to insist on the truth of something that adults cannot see and have adults agree with them. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like imaginary friends. You're making it sound like we believe in the idea of dinosaurs. It's not like dinosaurs aren't the tooth fairy. But they're closer to the tooth fairy than a living animal that you can see because it's like all extrapolated from bones and shit. Kids yeah, can't I mean, wrap their minds around it. Kids can't wrap their minds. Kids can't wrap their minds around. This is what Snuffleupagus was about. That's why they made no, Snuffleupagus. That's why they made Snuffleupagus look like no. a dinosaur. No. Hold on a second. Now I'm fixing it. Was Snuffleupagus on no. Sesame Street? That's Big Bird's best friend, Snuffleupagus. That was not a dinosaur. I know it wasn't a dinosaur. Was it an was in Sesame Street canon was Snuffleupagus Snuffle Snuffleupagus oh, is going to be the death of me. Snuffleupagus was he imaginary? What color was he? Was he purple? No, he was brown. Okay. Snuffleupagus looked like a brown elephant that was covered in fur. And adults couldn't see Snuffleupagus. I think maybe Snuffleupagus only came around when adults were not present. Was this what were we supposed to believe that Snuffleupagus was imaginary? I don't remember. Or were we supposed to believe it was a real actual animal that just avoided adults? Because that was like the kid's imaginary friend, according to adults. Because I think on Sesame Street, the kids would be like, Snuffleupagus was, was just here. And all those adults who lived in the neighborhood would be like, what are you talking about? There's no Snuffleupagus here. That's crazy. All we have is this huge yellow talking bird and this green dish sponge that lives in a trash can and yells at people. Yeah. God, that's got to be one of the greatest shows ever made. It really was. Holy fuck, man. Those PPS shows from the 70s, they, they still- Rogers. They, yeah. Well, that's the best show ever made. Yeah. I updated my list of the greatest TV shows of all time, and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is number one because it's the loveliest TV show ever made, and it's the most radical TV show ever made. And the fact that it was on, that it was the most popular TV show is just like, that guy was just operating on another level. We'll never- They had the Emmys the other night. These fucking prestige – I'm so sick of prestige television. Why doesn't anybody make a TV show that's one one-hundredth as radical and cool and fun as Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? You got all these fucking smarty pants working in TV 
and and they miss and everyone they say I got it let's make a show where everybody yells at each other and uses profanity and that's the show and then it goes on to win a hundred Emmys and I'm talking about more than one show when I describe it in this belittling manner why doesn't somebody make something like Mr. Rogers Neighborhood how did he disrupt something and undermine it and radicalize it and the medium itself was only like four years old at that point it's not like he came to TV after a hundred years of ossifying traditions and tropes and stuff. He disrupted it like from the get go. TV was like two weeks old, and Mister Rogers was like, "No, this isn't good enough." Right, and maybe that's, I'm going to turn this shit upside down. Well, yeah, maybe that maybe it was easier to do because it it wasn't as set in its ways already. Yeah, maybe it was new new enough. Much to consider, John. Much to consider. He was from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was from Pittsburgh. That's right. And so was Andy Warhol. I wonder if they ever met. I bet they did. Oh, that's Andy cool. Warhol and Fred Rogers. Yeah. Much to consider. I'll say it again. I can't say it often enough. The two things we want you to take away from this podcast is A, listen to the numbers, and B, much to consider. John, let's hear those credits. All right. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. If you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail, and you'll also get an invite code to our private Discord. Send your election prediction questions, skyline requests, bird recordings to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you would like to advertise with us for money, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Talk to you next time. Bye.